Welcome to the Wheel to Wheel podcast. G'day and welcome to episode six of the Wheel to Wheel podcast. This is our uh, first podcast doing it socially distanced. We're in uh, lockdown here in Canada and Ontario. So we uh, have the boys on a video call and hopefully this sounds good for you guys, but uh, we're doing uh, well by the restrictions. So um, welcome back to the Wheel to Wheel podcast. This is our technically, I guess, season two. Uh, So our rookie season is over. Hopefully you guys thought that we performed like Alex Albon's first year in his Red Bull and in his second year in a Red Bull, let's hope we do not perform as poorly. So I'm <laughs> here virtually with uh, my two boys here. So James and Ruin, how's it going, boys? How are you? Doing well. Doing well. Doing Staying well. We're home obeying the orders. Exactly. We're freshly off a, a big purchase. Vroon, uh, if you want to mention uh, our big purchase uh, recently. Yeah, we just picked up some uh, $72 Canadian dollar uh, McLaren tees, Daniel Ricciardo with the new G'day tees that were uh, freshly released. And you know we had to pick them up, uh, all of us being huge McLaren and Daniel Ricciardo fans. So, yeah, just the the, the price you got to pay being a Canadian F1 fan. Those uh, duties, shipping, and um, exchange rate really, really fucked us. So, <laughs> And for those listening that don't know us from the university days, this was our motto was g'day it was g'day yeah That's right. it was it was a hello a goodbye and how are you doing and anything else in between was g'day so it felt like these shirts were made for us and once we saw them we had to get them yeah and i'm sure you guys could have guessed considering we open every episode with uh with g'day g'day how are you so yeah um <laughs> definitely a purchase worth making and and like james said it's like these shirts were made for us so there's no reason we um there's no reason for us to not get them. no matter the cost yeah they're on brand if i could ever see something being on brand for us so we'll definitely be <laughs> repping those when and if we get to go to the canadian grand prix this year if not this year then definitely for every year going uh uh moving forward so i think that's a good good thing to talk about right off the bat is we do have some interesting schedule changes and a lot of rumors surrounding uh the schedule so we do have the finally the confirmation that the Australian Grand Prix for this upcoming season uh, will be moved uh, so later in the year we're still going to see that Grand Prix hopefully but uh, it will be moved so there was there was rumblings of that um, in the last couple months and it was finally confirmed so unfortunately we are hearing rumblings of the Canadian Grand Prix as well as uh, one other Grand Prix I can't remember off the top of my head but uh, we're hearing rumblings that they might be either moved or canceled altogether. So here's cr- fingers crossed here that we can go to uh, our Grand Prix this year. But if we can't, you guys know we'll be going every other year. So, um, yeah, all in all, that's kind of the news for the schedule. I think James and I talked about as well that Portimao looks like it'll be filling that round three spot where uh, uh, was to be determined. So we're going to see that track back. You guys have any thoughts on uh, on that one coming back around this year? Uh, yeah, I'm super excited to see it back. I think, um, I honestly, I'll be honest, I don't, I don't remember the race result from that race, but I do remember it being an entertaining race. So um, I think it was a really windy weekend, if I recall, but yeah, it was very windy. I, I, and uh, I think the race overall was very entertaining and the track was definitely like a good circuit. So uh, I'm excited to see that circuit back. And I just wish it could replace some of the more boring circuits. Um, looking at you, Abu Dhabi. <laughs> the, the one thing I remember from that race was the drivers were complaining about how slick it was. Because yeah, they yeah, like, they right. repaved it like one month before it came, so maybe a year's time will uh, do some wonders for that track, get a more downforce, and have the the racers perform at their best. 
Yeah, I want to like obviously test my knowledge slash my memory. I think it was a Lewis Hamilton win, and I want to say Ricardo got a podium. But I mean, if you're going to put your money on it, if yeah, I'm going to put my but that Ricardo point. with the podium, that's not. I don't know. That was oh, only true. Two, oh yeah, that was only two races of this year. So, anyways, uh, I think that was that race. But regardless, really cool to see that one come back. I think, like you guys mentioned, the the new paved track this year was a big issue for the drivers. So another year get that pavement uh worked in a little bit and then hopefully they'll have a good couple days to get some data and get out there and race so should be fun and we also seen Imola uh come back this year which Mm -hmm. is another you know home uh, one of the homes of racing Italy we're going to get another uh view at that track so beautiful track the racing's not as exciting but beautiful track yeah I'm sure Max Verstappen probably won't be too happy to hear about that considering uh he went um I think DNF in every Italy race this year so yeah. uh, he's trying to get out of Italy as yeah, much as he, possible he, he probably wanted to keep the number of uh, races in Italy as low as possible just stick to Monza but uh, I think everyone else should should probably enjoy that track correct me if I'm wrong but is that the rate of the circuit where we saw that huge uh crash that was Mugello yeah their new Italian yeah. race that we happened. did see but, some uh a lot of, like that was when Max hit debris and his tire just like blew up yeah, uh, later in the race, he was on he was on pace for a good uh, a good finish. But all in all, like I just know watching the the watching that race, it's such a tight track. There was a lot of uh, uh, tr- um, track limits exceeded times in qualifying. Yeah. It was just uh, it was just an exciting time and a really big challenge for the driver. So I think it's going to be cool to see uh, that race again. And yeah, so I think what the main thing to take away from the scheduling is that F one still hopes to have the longest season in formula one history with that 23 race target for this season. Uh, so they're still hoping mm-hmm. to hit that regardless of cancellations and uh, moving. So we're going to see lots of double headers again, back to backs. We, I think there's even one three in a row, which is fires me right up. Um, That's so, incredible. That'll be I a think, fun month. Yeah. Very, very fun. So again, this time just feels like it's flying. I feel like I'm so excited to get back around to, uh, to formula one. So what you guys are can expect from us over the next couple episodes is our predictions. Uh, so we're going to start at the bottom of the grid today. And what did you guys call the name of this episode from the bottom of the grid? Uh, it, we'll, we'll be calling it the backmarkers because we're going to be speaking about the, the bottom two teams. So uh, I think backmarkers is a fitting name for the this backmarkers. Episode. It's not too mean, but it's just mean enough. Yeah. So we'll start we with the backmarkers we today. Name for sure. Yeah, exactly. We'll start with the backmarkers today. And then we're going to have a monster episode, our next episode with the middle of the pack i think we can just group so many teams into that middle um that middle of the pack there so it's going to be super fun there's going to be a lot more hot takes i think in that episode um and then obviously we'll have one episode that will probably fit in between the winter testing and the first race in uh bahrain and that'll be talking about mercedes red bull and our g'day boys mclaren so and any notable things that come up during that winter exactly so i mean a nice little preview show going exactly. into the season and seeing we'll probably see lewis sign i would imagine uh by that time too so we'll have a little bit more to talk about on that front so all in all we'll start today with the bottom three teams in our opinion so those three teams i think we're all in consensus haas williams and alfa Ferrari. romeo oh, <laughs> okay uh yeah no uh, alfa romeo yes alfa definitely. Romeo. Ferrari oh that's so cheeky that's so cheeky but um, we'll give it a few more seasons to see if we can uh, safely call them a, a back market team but yeah uh, I mean yeah it's crazy but I think they're gonna have a lot of money this year so we'll talk about that in the other episode because 
I, yeah. I'm pretty cheesed at that comment, but I'll take it as it comes. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but yeah, so those are the three teams that uh, most people have as a consensus for the bottom three, obviously in no particular order, but today we'll do our best to with make our predictions. At the end of this, we're going to post on our Instagram, our predictions, uh, like consensus predictions as a podcast from one to 10 on the teams and from one to 20 for the drivers. And then we'll make an episode at the end of the year, hopefully going 20 for 20 and 10 for 10. And uh, you guys can definitely feel free to let us know your predictions as well. Uh, so, yeah. Yeah. And if we're wrong, we'll probably just delete the post. So you'll never know. <laughs> <laughs> but we cannot delete the podcast, though. So that's right. That's yeah. one thing. You the, evidence must, uh, will be there. the evidence will be there. Go ahead, James. So, uh, do you think we should kick things off with Haas? Because they've definitely had the most uh, uh, changes throughout the year over year. So. Yeah, I would say the excitement is really is really there for Haas. So let's uh, let's start there. You guys want to start maybe talking about one of the two drivers? We'll talk about uh, the uh, ch- problem child there, Nikita. Yeah, so obviously uh, a lot to talk about with one of their drivers in, in particular, Nikita Mazepin. Um, just making sure everybody remembers his name going into the F1 season. Obviously, the drama went on with uh, the groping incident, is what we'll call it. In uh, I think it was in Abu Dhabi. Somewhere, somewhere in one of those Gulf countries. But um, yeah, definitely mm-hmm. giving uh, Gunther a big headache right off the bat. Signed the new driver and now Gunther's here. Just, um, you know, he, he had to deal with Kevin Banks and folk smashing his door. And now he's got to deal with <laughs> Nikita Masman <laughs> groping these, these bottles. So <laughs> yeah, uh, I think it's this, obviously this was a clearly like a money move for Haas, the signing. They needed the money. And um, I think like, re- you know, granted this was a pretty like egregious incident for Mazepin, but um, Haas, they said they dealt with it internally. I'm sure that basically reading between the lines means they just need the money and um, they told Mazepin <laughs> to try not to be a fucking idiot. So, <laughs> yeah, I, I was seeing memes on Reddit was dealing with it internally was just Mazepin signing a bigger check. And then that's all it really was, was dealing it internally. But yeah, I uh, mean, I, for, from my point of view, I, I kind of like Mazepin simply because he's the villain. Everyone else, like last year, there was no real villain. The only people dislike is like Stroll because he's a pay driver. Now we have a pay driver who has some really stupid, stupid off track action, uh, actions that he's doing. So it is just making everyone fired up. I love it how it spices things up. And I think he's definitely going to piss off a lot of people, which is going to make a lot of entertainment. Yeah. And to clarify, you're, you're, you like him because he's a villain, but you do not condone what he's doing. Do not way. condone what he's no, doing. No, no. <laughs> But yeah, you're not I gonna like the storyline he's making for himself. Yeah, please yeah. do not cancel us. We, we had enough <laughs> yeah. of that in 2020. Yeah, yeah. James um, yeah. canceled already, already in 2020. So yeah, and then talk about what James said, though, because, like, um, like we've, we've heard a lot about what he's doing off the track, but on the track, he's also known as a pretty aggressive and somewhat reckless driver. So I'm sure we're going to have a lot of uh, incidents, especially if he's running into, like, our favorite drivers. We'll probably be ripping him a new one in the, in the yeah. podcast to come, episodes to come. So, um, yeah. All Time has passed. Time has passed enough, and we can say he's taking Roman Grosjean's seat, and he might be yeah. playing a little like Roman Grosjean. So, uh, obviously, um, going to be interesting to see. I think there's one thing you do have to say is, you know, we talk about Stroll being James mentioned Stroll. That a lot of people think he's a pay driver. He's t- he's a talented driver. He's got a pull under his belt. So, you know, there's no longer maybe that that guy to talk about, and uh, we'll see how Mazepin does. He's obviously got a little bit of talent, so. We'll see where he goes from uh, from here this season, but I'm not expecting much. <laughs> yeah, and then going to the the other Haas driver, it's like night and day. It's like the devil and uh, angel on your shoulder, yes. uh, Michael Schumacher. 
Um, Michael Schumacher. Is he... <laughs> Sorry, Mick. <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah, it's been it's been a while, but uh, Mick Schumacher, um, the other Haas driver, and definitely like very excited to see what he can do in F1. He's always been known as like somewhat of a slow starter. Um, so we'll see how the results go early on in the season, but hopefully by the end of the season, um, he's compensating for all of uh, Mazpin's antics and and Haas is like a respectable team. Um, yeah, very excited for Mick, not Michael Schumacher, to be racing in that seat. And he'll he'll be racing with a Ferrari engine, so um, a bit of a similarity there with his father. Yeah, what like you mentioned, I've I remember looking at some stat where it was his first year in whatever level he was racing in would always be like mediocre, and then the year after he wins that level. It, it it's repeated itself over and over. It's F three, F two. So definitely, I think with towards the end of the season, how such a long 23 Grand Prix rate, uh, year that maybe towards the end of the year, he might be getting into his own and sh- maybe put up some points towards the end of the year, which I'm really looking forward to see. And seeing that name on the car is just oh, man. absolutely incredible. That's probably the best part of it all. Yeah, for sure. So, I mean, your analogy, Angel on one shoulder, Devil on the other is perfect <laughs> for this Haas team, I think. Literally never thought of it that way, but that is the perfect way to say this. That's the perfect way to sum this up. My, I, this is where I want to drop my question to you guys when we're talking about Mick here. Do you think Mick Schumacher scores one single point or more this season for Haas? I, I'll, I'll, I'll start. I'll say yes. Just because um, last season we saw Grosjean Magnussen score a couple points. It wasn't much, but they both did score points last year. So I think the car has shown it's capable. And if anything, they should just progress a little bit further this year. Um, and Schumacher is obviously a talented driver. So I think we will see them in the points. Probably not very many, but I think they will come away with at least a point this year. I'm I'm also going to agree with Varun. I think with Ferrari hopefully making some progress on their engine from last year to this year will give them a bit more performance, as well as like I uh, he's the F2 champ, so clearly has some talent there. And I think there's going to be one race weekend where something messed up is going to happen bunch of teams going to DNF, whatever the case may be, and he's going to be there to scoop up whatever point total he can. So, I, And also, I just like seeing him. He's someone that you want to root for, so I'm, I'm definitely cheering for him. It's maybe a bit of bias, but I definitely think he's going to get some points. Yeah, 100%. I think it's really cool. Again, you talk about the Schumacher name being there. He's obviously the thing – the reason I think he's going to score a point, I'm, I'm not even going to consider Mazepin scoring a point because I don't think that's going to happen. But Mick Schumacher, I think, will score maybe a P10 – P9 and like you guys say there's going to be chaos on the grid we know there's going to be chaos on the grid regardless of how much different these cars are going to be and how much better they're going to be his driving style suits someone that's going to wait and take those opportunities he's an opportunistic driver he's not like a he's not reckless he's a lot different than his dad was he's um, obviously it's hard to compare obviously he's only a young driver but uh, it's going to be so interesting to see him in F1 and I think he does score one and I think it's going to be by that kind of mentality of just the t- staying, staying alive, patient pays yeah. off. So. Yeah, I like it. Yeah, I like the I like the consensus there too. And and just thinking about it too, like um, I mean, it's going to be legendary just seeing like the Schumacher name and the German flag on on that race suit. And like if he does score um a point, you know, just like in there on the on the point tally. So um, mm-hmm. like I mean, and his first initial is the same as his dad's as well. That's why I got the names mixed up. Um. <laughs> But yeah, I think like it's gonna be really exciting uh, just to see that name back in back in F one. Cool. All in all, so we'll give our uh, final predictions for where they're gonna sit. I think at the end of the episode, but for now, that's uh, our consensus on the Haas team. So I think the only way to go now is to that other Ferrari power unit uh, that we're talking about in this bottom three, and that is uh, 
Alpha Romeo. So their driver lineup is unchanged. We still have Kimi Raikkonen, so hopefully we can still get some epic top 10 uh, laps from this guy uh, this season as bites. well. I was going to go sound more bites. towards the sound bites. Yeah, that's well, what I'm going for. Oh, man. I just His his German first lap, was, or Nuremberg Ring oh, first true. lap, was just incredible for me. It's one of my favorite moments of the season. So him as well as um, Antonio Giovinazzi. So he had a very good season, I would say. Nothing really, maybe not you know, as best as he could have been, but he, he definitely wasn't as bad as I think a lot of people uh, thought he'd be. So uh, yeah, uh, all in all, I think we should start. Well, who do you want to start talking about here? There's not too many storylines. It's a lot of just unchanged. Well, it's going to be interesting to see what the car is like, but. Yeah, I think, um, so I'll, I'll start again. I think uh, maybe to spice it up a bit, I'll say Kimi scores a point, but Giovinazzi does not. I'm not sure if he did this year, Giovinazzi, uh, sorry, last year, I mean, but um, yeah, I'll just say like, because I don't want to go around saying everyone's going to score a point just as a safe bet. I'll say Giovinazzi held pointless for all of 2021. Um, he's a good driver. He's like, he's, he's one of those drivers that's like um, kind of like Schumacher a little bit. He's very patient, and opportunistic, but uh, I'm just going to say maybe he gets unlucky and doesn't have any opportunities this year to, to overtake or um, take advantage of some people's DNFs and stuff like that. Uh, I think Kimmy will come out with I'll say two points this year. He'll get a, a little P9, um, maybe maybe coming off like a crazy first lap like he did in Nuremberg. Um, yeah, so that, that's my prediction. Julian, yeah, I think it, the record had four points. Oh, no, four, well, four points. <laughs> so I'll say he takes a big step backwards this year. Yeah, I think I'm going to go – I'm just going to go right off that and say I'm going to say the exact opposite. I think this will be Kimmy's last hurrah. I think that he will end the season with maybe one point, but I don't see him – having as many. I think uh, Antonio is going to take a big step ahead this year. And I think the biggest thing for me watching this team is what is their qualifying going to look like? Uh, How I know Antonio was, was better uh, at the qualifying this past season. So how is that, is that going to get all of a sudden move over to race day and we're going to see Giovinazzi be able to out out, uh, place his, um, his rival or teammate, I guess. And uh, it should be interesting to see. I think, Saturdays are going to be very interesting this year, and it's going to be a lot, uh, tell a lot for those bottom bottom teams and the improvements they've made. Yeah, Alfa Romeo definitely struggled getting out of Q1 last year. It was it was tough watching them. They're always sitting at the the bottom, sharing with Haas and Williams Co. So it's uh, it's definitely interesting. And that, you kind of stole the question I wanted to ask you guys, but is the Iceman Kimi Räikkönen retiring after the 2021 season? So Aaron, I think you already gave your take. You think this is last hurrah? Uh, I'm yeah, gonna say, I'm gonna say the same. Just because I think he's like into his 40s now. He's been around for a while. Um, if Aaron, your prediction comes through and he doesn't score any points, uh, I I don't think there's gonna he's gonna see any real reason to stay in F1. He's already been on record saying it's like more of a hobby to him. <laughs> we know he's probably checked out. He's he's got his championship. He's done everything he needs to do in the sport. Um, at this point, it's probably just building up some extra wealth for his family <laughs> for when he's gone. <laughs> so, yeah, I think uh, I will agree with you and say that this is probably his last season F1, especially considering it's going to be a long one. He'll probably be gassed by the time it's done. Mm-hmm. With the regulation changes coming up as well, there'll probably be a big learning. Maybe I'm just assuming stuff. I'd, I don't know any of the details of what the true regulation changes are, but figured it's such a big change and it's going to be uh, fairly difficult. And again, he's getting up there in age, so... I agree that he's going to be retired. I think the only counterpoint there that comes to mind is 
that Kimmy, as much as he's comes off as like the Iceman and stuff, I think he really does. Uh, it really does mean something to a sportsman when there's fans in, in the air, in the, uh, at the races or at your events. So if he doesn't retire this year, it might solely be because we're looking at another COVID season where the atmosphere isn't the same. He might not want to go out with that kind of atmosphere. He might want to go out when there's actually, you know, the fullest experience of being a Formula One driver. So you never know. Um, but I think that's the only counterpoint for me. I'm still going to stick with my position because uh, I think we'll probably will see um, some races with at least some fans there too. So I think actually what James brought up is a very good point. Like with the regulation changes coming in, um, like I don't want to play him off too much as this guy who just doesn't give a fuck at all. But, you know, it is going to be a big learning curve and he is getting up there in age. So the way I see it is like, what's the point of him taking all this time to learn this stuff just to have, you know, one season in that seat, one extra season. Um, so, yeah, I think I'm, I'll double down and say like, I'm, I'm pretty confident that this will be his last year. Also with so much talent, young talent coming up, Alfa Romeo, I'm pretty sure Kimmy is like, he's not cheap for a salary. They can get a really young driver who's hungry and who can come at a doll, like a dime to the dollar on Kimmy. So like, there's a lot of, lot of aspects where Alfa Romeo might want to be going towards a different direction at the end of it. Yeah, that's a very good point too. Cause like we're, we're talking about, you know, I think Kimmy is uh, like one of those guys that you give a lot of respect to. So I think he will have a lot of say, um, like if it, if he wants to see it, it might just be his case where it's his, but there's going to be a lot of pressure coming up and um, we'll see maybe Alfa Romeo, uh, you know, regardless of Kimmy's um, uh, his choice of whether he wants to stay or not, maybe Alfa Romeo forces him out or, or says maybe go find another team. Yeah. My point there was literally just going to be that, he's not going to be getting like a Mercedes or a Red Bull seat in that new, with the new yeah. regulations changing. He's, he's not going to be jumping back into, he's not going to be jumping into a better car. He's kind of worked his way down and uh, you know, he's had a, he's had a really nice, uh, I think he had a really nice year last year. Like I said, he had made a couple highlights and um, I think he was still a very respectable driver. And hopefully, you know, this year he shows the same thing. My prediction kind of says otherwise, but uh, I think he'll either way, we'll still see moments of uh, Kimmy that, that would be memorable. So it'll, it'll be cool awesome. to see. Uh, it'll be cool to see Kimmy, Fernando, and Seb all those world championships between them, and of course Lewis. But that's a whole nother mm-hmm. story. But like those guys have been racing together for such a long time, and it'll be nice to see that sort of old old man's crew, the old guard. Yeah, <laughs> the, old, <laughs> the passing of the torch yeah. for sure, for real. So, yeah, um, I think that's it for the Alfa Romeo side of things. Uh, it should be another interesting year. Again, I think we're going to – a lot of the telltale sign will be on that Saturday. How are they going to do in qualifying? R- right off the start of the year. So, um, should be interesting to see. Two drivers that, again, I don't think anyone hates them. Going to be fun to watch. So, uh, moving on to the last of the three teams that we're putting in the uh, bottom of the grid, and that is the Williams boys. We got, uh, again, an untranged driver lineup with Nicholas Latifi. So, coming out of his rookie year – I think uh, we might have had a better rookie season here on the podcast than uh, good old Nicholas. But, than our fellow Canadian. Uh, yeah. yeah, and um, also George Russell. So, I mean, George Russell, there's still betting odds that say he's, like, one of the favorites for the championship this year just in case Lewis doesn't sign and he, like, jumps into that Mercedes seat. But that's the longest shot that I would think about right now. I think it would be insane if Lewis doesn't come back uh, for next year. So we'll say for argument's sake – for all intents and purposes, George will be in that other seat uh, in the Williams. There's a lot of cash flow coming into that team. 
Um, so it should be interesting to see how much better, obviously they have a Mercedes power unit. So to see how much better they do, um, in 2021. So let's start with our Canadian friend, Nicholas Latifi. What are we expecting boys? With it's, it's so tough after the year he had, there was nothing. Does he so score a point? Does he score a point? And that was, <laughs> that is the toughest question. My personal opinion is no. The card just looked so bad last year, and he there there was nothing there was no like flashes of brilliance. There was nothing there for me to really grab onto and say yes, he has some sort of a glimmer of hope to get a point in this car. I just don't see it, and yeah, it, it's it's tough. It sucks for me to say, but I I I really hope for the fellow countrymen that to do more. But for me, it's just it's going to be a big old goose egg on him. <laughs> Yeah, I, I mean, that's probably the realistic um, prediction there. But and, and like the qualifying um, stats speak for themselves, right? Like, I think he was he never out qualified uh, George and they're already working with a pretty tough car as it is. So like um, he would need a miracle. And that's that's what I'm going to make my prediction based off. of. I'm going to say there's going to be one race this year where it just there's just carnage. And <laughs> in the last lap, Nicholas Latifi comes around the last corner and takes a point. Takes a podium. Takes yeah. You know what? Let's just just, let's just double down. I'll say he comes around the last corner and takes a podium. But it's gonna be a P four finish, and one of the top three is gonna get a penalty, and he's gonna push up into that podium spot. No, uh, if you're talking Austria this year, no, that means there's only four drivers left on the grid. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, exactly. That's the case. So So it's gonna take a lot of carnage. So hopefully, uh, one of the circuits can. Hopefully everyone's safe, first of all. It's, it's, uh, we don't want any injuries just to get uh, Latifi's podium, but I think that's what it's going to be. <laughs> I think for that to happen, about half the team's cars are going to have to be stuck in Australia. And yeah. where the race yeah. is going to be back home in uh, in Austria or something. I don't know. <laughs> 100%. I think, I think that you guys have given – well, James has given the most realistic answer. And honestly, <laughs> it might not be the one that – no, no, no. Might, might not be the one that we all want to hear. And I think I'm with him on that. And the biggest thing for me is, I'm, obviously, I'm always cheering for him. It's like the underdog story of forever. But mm. he's got this, you know, we saw Jack Aiken come in for the Sekir Grand Prix, who's been a very mediocre Formula 2 driver. And he barely out-qualified Jack Aiken. And that was painful to watch. It was, it's one of those things where it's like, does he have it? Does he have it? You don't know yet. So yeah. after a uh, year in that car and Jack yeah, comes yeah. in that week, yeah, that that's definitely and, and, a tough show. And again, it's it's not like Jack was winning the Formula Two championships. Uh, he wasn't winning it. He was he's like middle of the field, mm-hmm. maybe best of the rest. He's fighting for that best of the rest spot. So um, that's my uh, realistic answer. If if Faroons happens, then I think uh, <laughs> I don't know what's going to happen. Like we're gonna the world's gonna end. Let's just say <laughs> let's just say I'm gonna be very glad that my prediction is on record on this po- episode because I don't think anyone would ever believe me um, with that prediction <laughs> that I made that prediction. And it's also good yeah, to mention, sorry, uh, but that um, Latifi is also another not as much as like some of the other drivers, but he is somewhat of a paid driver. He has a lot of sponsorship coming in with him. So um, I don't, wouldn't say it would be fair to say that like he is the the best talent that they could have put into that seat at the time. I think money did play a big factor. Um, so that, you know, the expectations probably might've been a little bit too high for him um, considering he is still in a Williams car and he's a paid driver, but yeah, we'll see. Let's just uh, finish that and finish the Nicholas Latifi off with saying that, um, your hot take there is insane. 
And James, you want to add something? <laughs> I was going to say, maybe if they start putting a couple of PEDs in the Lavazza coffee, yeah. <laughs> maybe we can get that result. But Yeah, and some rocket fuel in the back of that wheel. <laughs> yeah. Unlimited DRS. <laughs> and so maybe a couple of PEDs be to toss behind him as well. Well, I guess yeah, there's no one really behind him. Mario. So. <laughs> there's no one behind yeah, him. Yeah, unlimited red <laughs> shells is what he's going to have. Yeah, you have nothing to lose there, Varun. I'm telling you, that that take, you have absolutely nothing to lose. You're just throwing caution to the wind. doesn't oh, matter. <laughs> so, uh, perfect. So, we'll move on to his slightly more talented teammate, George Russell. Um, obviously, we saw him in line for a win this year. Everyone uh, believes he should have had it. It was the uh, sad story of the year, one of the saddest stories of the year, him uh, – that wind slipping out of his hands, but he'll be back in that Williams for all intents and purposes. And what do you think? George Russell up Williams point, George Russell out qualifying his teammate all year, copy paste. <laughs> yeah, I think that's probably <laughs> the, the most realistic answer. Um, I, th- I think we all know George Russell is a guy who could win a race if he had the car to do it. Um, but unfortunately right now he's stuck in a Williams seat unless something insane happened between Lewis and Toto. Um, but I think at this point it's safe to predict he'll be back in that Williams seat and struggling to get the car in a position to get points. But I'll say he does score a point. Um, I think like he had it, he had it in the bag last year. And then obviously he had, uh, the, the, he gave it the Marcus Erickson special, um, going into the wall under the safety car, but, um, barring any bad luck this year, I think he'll, he'll score a point. Um, he'll, he'll at least get some points this year. I, I agree with Varun. And it's going to be a point scored on merit. It's not going to be uh, a big crash. It's not going to be someone making a mistake, Marcus Erickson style. It's going to be him performing well, doing well in quality. It's going to be a full weekend where he puts it together and puts that car into the top 10. And we're going to be celebrating once that day comes. Big time. The biggest uh, story that we want to see happen is that we've always been talking about it since we started this podcast. So, uh, all in all, I think there's not too much else to touch on with George. Just we're more of the same. I think we're going to see. We're going to see that improvement. We already know how talented this guy is. He's jumped in that Mercedes on a short-term ba- short-term notice and absolutely killed in it. In a car that wasn't made for him. Exactly. So um, we know what we get here with George, and that's why, I don't know, it's going to be tough. I think right now we're going to transition into our – hopefully we can reach a consensus with these bottom three. I think the next episode is going to be nearly impossible for us to reach a consensus. Um, but so maybe what I'm thinking is we'll have our predictions – um, you know, Aaron's predictions, James and Varun. So that way we don't just sit here and like argue back and forth for the middle. I don't think there's going to be too much argument for this one, but for the next episodes, I feel like there might be. So for me, I'll give my picks right now um, for my constructors, bottom three, and then my drivers, bottom six. So for me, I'm going with the Haas boys at number 10. Uh, I think the fact that they've already kind of talked that there's not too much more they're going to look to do into this car uh, as a team. They're looking forward to that new regulation change. They got these new drivers. They've pretty much punted this year. They pretty much said, you know what, we'll just look for the experience this year. So I think these boys, you know, will like to see Mick get a point, but there's a very likely chance they finish uh, with two goose eggs bottom of the uh, constructors championships. And for myself, for um, those two drivers, I'm also going to go Mazepin at uh, number 20. And I'm actually going to put Mick at number 18 uh, with his one point, hopefully. 
Um, and that moves ahead to my next pick, which will be um, Williams. And Williams will finish in a P8 for me in the constructors. I think, again, we're going to see if, if, if there was a really, really talented driver in that other Williams seat, I think it's kind of like, honestly, it's a coin flip for me between them and Alfa Romeo. But I think just um, the strength and the experience of the two Romeo drivers is going to push them just a little, little bit uh, ahead. Mm -hmm. So for P19 in the uh, individual standings, I do have Nicholas Latifi with a big fat goose egg. Uh, So for me, it goes Mazepin Latifi. Um, And then I'm going to say that we see um, one point from Kimi. So he, I guess, technically tied there. And then um, I think... um, the other two boys will be equal. So the Williams of um, George Russell will get the same amount of points as Giovinazzi. I think they'll be pretty equal. And I think that one point by Kimi will just barely push uh, Alfa Romeo ahead in my bottom three. So my bottom three, once again, Haas, Williams, Alfa Romeo. And then I've got Mick, or sorry, Mazepin, Latifi, Mick, Kimi, and then a tie for George and uh, Giovinazzi. So there we go, boys. I'm just saying, if we could throw money on it, I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, I'll get into my predictions for the the year. I think Williams is going to be the uh, at the very end of the pack, tied with Haas at, I guess it would be P9, tied for p9 with each other with one point each russell and uh schumacher are going to be getting those points for the team and their respective teammates of latifi and mazepin are going to be sharing the last place with zero and then like the points you mentioned just with the the experience of alpha the bit better performance that we saw throughout the entire 2020 season are going to be that team in um, P8 and they will have uh, Giovinazzi I think will be better than the Iceman this year I definitely think that um, the length of the season is going to start wearing down on Kimi and the fact that uh, Giovinazzi was always up there with him in qualities and has a full year under his belt it's definitely going to be a um, big improvement for him and we'll have that little experience. So I think he's going to have um, be the one in P14 followed by Kimmy in 15, George in 16. And then um, the remaining pack would be Latifi Mazepin at the end of it all. I think I messed up the numbers there, but I, th- I think that I think that's <laughs> no, going to be the, the call there for me is that the hosp. Um, oh, and uh, yeah, Williams will have, one point with George Schumacher with one. So yeah, they'll be, yeah, we got it. I think. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I got mixed Either up way, with my numbers as long as there, but the well, well, thanks to you boys. Yeah, for yeah. Going. The numbers don't have to be. Yeah, thanks it. to you boys for going <laughs> first. The predictions it gave me a little bit of time to do some more calculations here. But um, so for, for my prediction for the constructors, it's going to be a bit of a boring answer, but it, I really don't see it changing from the result this year. I think Williams is going to be in dead last. Um, yet again, um, with Haas finishing right ahead of them, and then Alfa Romeo finishing in uh, seventh, sorry, eighth. Um, 
As for driver standings, I think um, in keeping in line with my prediction uh, for Kimmy scoring a few points this year, I think he's going to get somewhere in like the four to five point range. Um, I think that's reasonable considering he he has a lot of experience, um, followed by George Russell. I think I'm going to go bold and see if he'll get two points this year. Um, <laughs> that's barring any sort of, you know, miraculous race win or anything like that. Um, Schumacher, I think he's going to score a point this year. Um, just a single point. He'll get it somehow. He'll finish in P10. And then for uh, Gio, Mazepin, and Latifi, I think they're going to finish all with zero points each. Um, I know I did make that bold prediction about Latifi coming out with the podium, but uh, in the event that that very likely scenario doesn't happen, <laughs> I think it's going to be zero points for him. So it's either all or nothing for Latifi, and it's probably leaning towards nothing. So just to recap, um, from 15 to 20, I have Kimi, then George Russell, followed by Schumacher, Giovinazzi, Mazepin, and Latifi, with the latter three scoring zero. Schumacher over Giovinazzi. That yeah. is a warm, warm take, the my warm friend. Take that because is crazy. I keep it in line with my prediction that Kimi was going to score the points and uh, Giovinazzi was not. So, Yeah, but you could give, like, three to Kimi and one to Gio, or, like, two to Gio and two to Kimi. I don't know. That's, that's hot. I like it, though. We'll take. I don't like it because... I'm pulling it for the other way, but uh, we need some variety here. So that's a, that's a good, uh, good show. And who knows, honestly, I think it's a coin flip down there. It's all going to depend on what these packages look like um, when they come out for winter testing and the first Grand Prix. So it should be very interesting. We also, I think one of the things to mention too, is if we do see some positive COVID tests, I think all the way up and down the line, up and down the grid, we're going to see some very interesting times when we might, there might be uh, an opportunity for points. There might not be because of who's in the car. So if we do see those reserve drivers back in, it's obviously going to take away from a race for one of these drivers uh, to look for points. So it should be interesting. Yeah, that's a very good point because we're, we're totally ignoring the very real possibility that we have more COVID tests going in this year. Played a huge factor last year with uh, Nico Alkenberg coming in and, and scoring some points. And uh, that's why if you look at the official driver standings for this year, some of these drivers finished lower than 20th because Mr. Alkenberg came in and scored more points than they, they did all year. Um, so yeah, we'll probably, I mean, realistically, we will be seeing some reserve drivers coming in and, and depending on what car they're driving, scoring some points. So um, put an asterisk beside our predictions to say the least, but. <laughs> the whole grid will be, you never know. You're going to throw Hulkenberg maybe in the middle there somewhere. <laughs> you just got to piece him in where you think he's going to fit. But um, I, again, I always like seeing Nico uh, on the grid. So should be very interesting. I think that's uh, that's a wrap for this uh, bottom three uh, team episode for the preview for next this upcoming season. Uh, the next episode is going to be hot. It's going to be big. It's going to be um, very, very fun to do. I'm really excited to see what you guys, uh, what kind of conversations we can have and what you guys think is going to happen in that huge yeah, midfield. Two brand new teams a bunch of changes through them all it's it's going to be a good one. Oh yeah we're going to be talking about new paint jobs yeah. um new everything so lots to talk on the yeah. next episode for sure new part new partnerships yeah. new drivers jobs. hopefully we love can, it all new drivers so Maybe exactly so let us know uh i cut you off but yeah we but true yeah yeah it's a very big uh very big news there so save that all for next episode super excited to record that one with you guys probably uh in a week or two We'll let this one simmer. Let you, if you guys uh, would like, again, you can follow us on socials. Um, Instagram is at wheel to wheel pod, the number two in the middle. 
Uh, you can let us know on our post for this episode of our predictions what you think, uh, if you think our predictions are dog shit, and who you think is going to um, take the best of the toilet bowl here as we speak in these uh, this bottom three teams. So all in all, thanks, boys. This was a pleasure. It went pretty well virtually, so pretty excited to, if we do have to do this again, at least we have this uh, tool to be able to do this. So I miss you guys. Excited to record the next. Yep, stay safe, yeah. and we'll see you, you later. Yeah, likewise. Take care.